0: Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio and I'm here with my friend and co-author Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a program that we do live on YouTube and Facebook every Thursday from 6 p.m. till about 6 30. And it is an opportunity for us to reach out in a bigger, more contemporaneous way than we were able to when mm-hmm. we wrote our book, The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. With this medium, we can have what amounts to a dialogue with with you and we find that to be really enriching and we know that a lot of people are benefiting from, from the sharing that, that we're able to deliver. So you can reach us And you can reach me at KenDDV at gmail.com. And you can reach Nancy at NSAxtonLopez at CSMPC.com. And all the information I'm sharing in the beginning here is available in the description that's attached to the program, wherever you may find it, whether you're listening live or or rebroadcast video or audio on one of the various outlets. And you can write to us. You can share a story of your own. And we always appreciate that. And if you do, let us know if it's okay to share on this program and also in written form on a Substack newsletter that we're mm-hmm. in the process of developing. Because some people like to take in information through listening and or viewing a video. Some people like to prefer to read mm-hmm. and, and some people do both. Oh and so we're going to be working on that and getting that out and published in the near term also you can write to us and suggest a a a person who we could interview on the program somebody who it might be interesting to hear from you can also just suggest a topic that you think might Mm -hmm. be important for people to hear so don't hesitate to get in touch with us you can support the program in a number of different ways through venmo and paypal or a monthly subscription and this program is a friend of Daken okay. Humane Society in Springfield, Massachusetts. That provi- Daken provides all kinds of services in addition, and in addition to and related to their shelter and adoption program. And one of the one of the ways that they help the community is they sponsor a cost-free Zoom pet loss support group that I facilitate. Mm-hmm once a month and you can zoom in again at no cost to you and it this occurs on the second tuesday of the month from which six, is six which is coming up november 14th
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is uh, so again six, six o'clock eastern time to 7 30 p.m eastern time and we have people who join us from all over the country, all over the world. It's a very interesting and supportive conversation. And if you're interested in joining us, please do RSVP as soon as possible because we had to put a cap on it because there were so many people who were, who were interested in joining. And if this program on the, 20, on the 14th is capped, then you can perhaps join the next one. You can RSVP for a number of different dates on the RSVP link. And it is free, did you say? It's free, yeah, it's completely free. (laughs) Sponsored by a very, uh, very generous organization connected to Dakin. And so please consider joining us if you think that will be helpful. Also, please consider liking this program on YouTube and, and subscribing if you think that it's useful because that helps it become more accessible and visible to other people who are seeking programs of a similar sort. And then the last thing we want to do as we get started is just let you know that we have recently engaged in an affiliation with a company called Bereave. And Bereave creates these really beautifully crafted granite engraved plaques that you can use either as a marker outside as is shown in this, in this uh, visual or you could use it. You could use it inside where you keep mementos of your of your pet. And so, if you if you purchase a marker from Bereave, you are also giving a measure of support to our program. Uh, and so, they they give us a little bit of the proceeds for the for the purchase. And Nancy is showing. We actually have an example of, of- Here's Bailey
1: in the in the yeah. And it's really it's
0: really we were very impressed when we we wanted to make it's sure heavy. that we were that we were mentioning something that we thought was really valuable. So we asked them to send us an example and it, it really is, it really is substantial. So Nancy, do you want to get us started?
1: Yeah, um, you know, Ken and I were talking a bit, and Ken, it was nice to see you today.
0: Yes, yeah, nice to see you too. Every now and then we get together face to face. It was we're great. Different places, so.
1: um, um, and we were, And we had decided that There have been so many, so many stories, so many wonderful stories, so many heartbreaking stories, so many heartwarming stories that we've gotten. And sometimes people do write back after a period of time. Mm -hmm. And we thought we have two of them tonight, Deb and Tessa and Rupa and... Right. Um, And they have written us the original, her, their original stories. And then they kind of went through a period of time and wrote us back. And we thought this is how grief works, right? Mm-hmm. So we thought we'd start with the original story and then we would talk and share their updates. So I'm going to I'm gonna share Deb Deb's mm-hmm. story. Thank you, Nancy, for the podcast on loss of a pet. I am one of the last people I thought would write to someone about this or listen to a podcast about my extreme grief. But here it goes. I'm only and this is back in August of 2022. 22,
0: yeah. mm-hmm.
1: I'm only a week and a half out from losing my sweet Tessa, almost nine year old dog. She was only sick for two weeks. I noticed she was having problems with her back right leg difficulty lifting it, dragging it a little bit. Of course, I called the vet, took her in on a Friday. He said he thought it was a bulging disc in her spine. I was to take her home, keep her immobile for three weeks. That's hard to do. Keep her crated if possible. I ordered a crate. She didn't like the crate when she was young, and I'm sure she won't like it now, but I wanted to do what was right for Tessa. I took her home with pain medication and an antibiotic. A week and a half later it seemed to be getting worse so I took her back in on a Monday. The vet stated again he thought it was a disc in the spine. Would like to do some x-rays but the x-ray machine is broken. Up, upped her pain medication took her home and they call when the x-ray machine was repaired. Tuesday morning She could barely walk. I tried to take her out to go to the bathroom. She only made it to the front yard, but did her business. The vet called Tuesday to bring Tessa in on Wednesday, but by Tuesday afternoon, Tessa could not walk. I called back and begged them to let me bring her in immediately. They did, and the first look by the vet, he knew something was wrong. However, still thinking it was a disc problem, Tessa was in immense pain. They referred us to a specialty clinic two hours away for the next day. By this point, it was late in the afternoon. I overheard the vet say the specialty clinic was open 24 hours a day. Again, Tessa was in immense pain that was increasing by the moment. I was ready to go with her at that moment. All arrangements were made. I laid this 25 pound dog in the back of my SUV. Her eyes looked wild with pain. My baby was so miserable. I stopped once during the trip to look back on her. I thought she might have passed on my way, but she hadn't, and I was thankful. When I arrived at a specialty clinic, it was 8 p.m. They were great and kind and gentle, although I noticed all the Kleenex boxes. They called the doctor who recommended we keep her comfortable. They would do a special scan on Wednesday, probably surgery Wednesday afternoon, and I could pick her up by Friday. Although I planned to stay, the vet's office stated there was no need to stay in town. All would be fine, and I could pick her up Friday. I drove home, got home around 1130, and cried all the way. However, I thought I was doing the right thing. My husband has multiple health issues, and we had a procedure scheduled for Wednesday morning. I had made plans for someone else to take him, but I had Tessa where she needed to be, so I took my husband for his outpatient procedure. While waiting, I received two calls from the specialty vet. The first, we are getting ready to do the scan, and we'll call you afterwards. It will be about two hours. The second call, it was worse than we expected. It's bone cancer. I think they said it had spread. I'm not sure, as I did not hear much after the bone cancer. I asked, what do you recommend? Euthanasia was the answer. I asked for 30 minutes to think, and I would call back. The tears load. I asked my husband, Do you want me to, to go get her to bring her home so you could say goodbye? He said, Deb, she can't make that trip. I got my husband home and left to take the two hour trip back to the specialty vet. I wanted to hold my baby. I didn't want her to be alone. When they brought her to me, she was crying. She wanted me. She reached out and touched me. I rubbed her ears and kissed on her and loved on her and told her how much I loved her. The vet said, take all the time you need. I didn't want more time as she was in so much misery, so I held her as she peacefully passed. On August 3, 2022, at 3 p.m., my baby was gone. I drove home without her crying the entire way. I walked into a quiet house, husband asleep, and no one to understand my pain. I had her cremated. I still don't have her remains. However, it has only been 11 days. I didn't intend to love Tessa like I loved my first dog, Molly, who lives 16 years but I absolutely loved her to the fullest. My husband hasn't shed a tear over my Tessa. I don't understand how he couldn't miss her. The house is so quiet as painful. I'm afraid I will forget her touch and her smell. I fear that moving on is almost disrespectful of her love for us. Thank you for letting me write this part of my Tessa's story. The pain is brutal. I can function best when I'm, I'm not home. But I cry every morning and most nights. I keep her blanket just so I can smell her scent. I'm not sure my story is unique or can help other people's pain, but please feel free to share if you want. Thank you for listening. Now, there are a couple things with that. The the whole thing, and we can't go too far into it. But in some places in the country, there are not any specialty or ER vets yep. that are very close. Yep. And 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 as we know, sometimes animals are sick, and they're sick, and then they're only a few weeks or months that will they live. So we got another um, email from from Deb on October sixteenth, two thousand twenty-two. Dear Ken and Nancy, it's been two months since I wrote about my Tessa, and two and a half months since she died. I hadn't read this since you responded. However, I did hear you read it on your podcast. It is still a little raw, but I am progressing progressing, I should say, with my grief. I wanted to touch base with you and tell you that although I continue to miss Tessa, having the opportunity to write it down and getting a response from you and acknowledging my feelings and grief by reading this on your podcast was very important to me and has helped me immensely. I sure hope a good loving dog will find me again someday. For now, I I wanted to encourage you for all you are doing for so many people and pets. God bless. So September of this year, September 24th, 2023. Dear Nancy and Ken, it's been over a year since I wrote you about the loss of my sweet Tessa. I wanted to follow up to thank you for the comfort during that time. I was the one who wrote that my husband had not shared the same grief as I, and I could not understand. So much can happen in a year. My husband passed three months after the loss of Tessa. I think maybe he knew his time on earth was short, thus couldn't grieve like I did. The quiet house from the loss of sweet Tessa became more quiet, and I found that grief truly disguises itself in many different forms and different stages along the way. It now was just me and Roscoe the cat, but it was lonely for both of us. And although the very last thing on earth I needed was a dog to take care of by myself with a very busy schedule, I started looking. I only wanted a rescue. I looked and applied. Looked and applied. Hmm, no luck. Until August 20th, 2023, when Lucy adopted me and a cat named Roscoe. She's a one-year-old golden doodle from a nonprofit rescue. She doesn't replace my Tessa. My husband can't be here to enjoy her. But in some way, I think my husband and Tessa sent Lucy to me. She's sweet, pretty, and goofy. I only write this, and there she is. Oh, my God. I, I only write this, maybe, it uh, give someone a light at the end of the tunnel, and to thank you for the work you do, sharing a photo of Lucy. Best wishes to all who may be grieving today. So the progress, right, or the process of grief, and I'm glad that we and Debbie, of course, said yes. Please share that in the beginning. How hard the the initial pain and and devastation to oh, you know, I I am you know it was good to write it, it was good to hear it, and then a year later, little Lucy. Yeah, and and in the process, she lost.
0: Her husband, a life partner, too. Yeah. And so, one of the things that that this points out, I believe, is that life keeps changing and moving, and other major losses happen. I mean, it's that's got to be one of the most major losses she's ever experienced, and she she keeps going. And
1: the one world foot responds. Front of the to her, other.
0: she she gets her new her new dog her new dog uh, is with her lucy and she's she, she's doing what we all do you put one foot in front of the other you keep going and you make you make your li- you make your life bigger around the losses that you've had and you find richness in where you can in in all the different connections that you have new and and the ones that you hold in your heart and in your memory
1: right well it was molly right and mm-hmm. then it was tessa and then it was her husband, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, we we do we we experience loss all the time. Yep, yep. You know, and sometimes there are small losses, and sometimes they are horrific losses.
0: And she talks about the ways that she that, that getting it out of herself mm-hmm. helped, and it it helps differently over time. Mm-hmm. It's it's less raw, the loss of of her beloved dog now, and. Yet it's still there. It's still there.
1: And I love what it's she healthy. said. Of course, she Lucy does not replace my Tessa. Right, right. That right. was that's a really important statement. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So we want to thank Deb for her story and for her willingness there, and and for it's incredibly generous that that she did that. And she really did, she wanted to share it with people because she thought it might be helpful. As as do all the people who who tell us that mm-hmm. you know they they'd like for their stories to be shared and it's interesting that we got these together these follow I know they came within a few days yeah. <laughs> So now we'll move on to Rupa and Rupa wrote to us in May of last of this year of, of the loss of her beloved Kiki mm-hmm. who died on February 28th so she wrote to us uh, not too long after I'm sorry. She wrote to us in March and we shared her story in May. So this is the first, the first story she writes. She writes, Ken, I just needed to tell someone about our amazing Bichon Frise, Kiki. Even writing this has helped so much. Thank you, and Nancy, for everything you do. It helps more than you know. We lost Kiki at age 16 on February 28, 2023. Her, de- <laughs> excuse me. Her death is so painfully fresh, and it feels like I'll always have a bichon-shaped hole in my heart. Since the eighth grade, Kiki has been on my side, by my side. I'm now thirty and married. Just imagine all the good times this little cotton ball has accompanied me through. Here, by the way, is Kiki. Oh God! <laughs> <What> is- <laughs> very cute. Over the past few years, however, she struggled with her health. My parents, who are in their early 70s and have always kept Kiki, tried to look on the bright side. When she wasn't sleeping, which was rare, they would say, look, Kiki's up and walking around. While she sometimes had bursts of energy, it became apparent she was slowing down. But she continued to fight. She kept me company when I moved back home after college. She kept my dad company. When my mom came out of retirement to work full time, she even entertained my rescue pit mix, Gemini, who she reluctantly accepted as part of the family. Reluctantly. I think that's very funny. (laughs) In late February, part of my parents' home burned down. Mm. Fortunately, my parents and Kiki were able to evacuate safely. They stayed in a hotel while insurance was fighting out what to do. After one week in the hotel room, Kiki shrieked in pain while eating. My parents rushed her to the animal clinic. She passed away 10 minutes later while my dad was touching her toes, something she never let anyone do before. My parents told me that evening when I was at home snuggling Gemini. My immediate response was to be upset and full of regret. When was the last time I saw her? It had been two weeks, what was I thinking? Why didn't I stop by and say hi? I'm in the process of learning to forgive myself. Kiki was with me through it all, through high school drama, college, my engagement, wedding, first home, etc. I'm grateful she passed away at a neutral place with my parents whose love for her spanned a couple of decades. Also, with all the work that was needed on their house, it's a blessing, they were at the hotel And she didn't die alone. Kiki was always sassy. So I like to think that she said, I'm way too fancy for a Hampton Inn. You guys have fun with this mess. Kiki's my first huge loss. I not only mourn her, but I mourn the seasons of life when she was there. She really described that. The summers in in our old home, being awoken to birds singing and Kiki on my bed. The beautiful week of sunshine leading up to my wedding, Kiki sunbathing in the foyer, Movie night with my parents and Kiki between my dad and me. She's left a huge hole, but has also left me with lessons: to never take loved ones for granted, to always make time to mm-hmm. see them, to never say something you might regret, and to always say "I love you" before departing each time. You know, really wonderful.
1: Those, those are fabulous. Yeah, from,
0: from Bad- loss. I right. uh, she. That's a real. Those words are a. Brilliant example of what we talk about when we say, you know, we we learn things through grief. Yeah, we our gifts grow through grief. We we receive gifts. So she wrote to us on September 18th, and she said, Hi Nancy. She wrote to Nancy because Nancy responded to her letter. I just want to write you and share some thoughts. You're welcome to share any of this on the podcast if you wish to. Writing to you all days after the passing of my childhood Bishan Kiki helped so much. I can't even describe the weight that was lifted from my shoulders. I typed the short letter in one go after listening to a single episode. I treated my letter like a diary entry, and it was cathartic. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad I did. I still think a lot about Kiki since her passing February 28th of this year. The morning comes in waves. I follow a local boarding facility on social media and I saw a Maltese that looked a lot like Kiki, even though she was a different breed. I immediately started crying. Other days, most days, I smile a lot. And I remember her with great adoration. I knew it was time to go, and sometimes I knew it was her time to go, and sometimes I question if we should have let her go sooner to avoid suffering. My parents are getting ready to sell their home and feel very emotional about it. And I feel very emotional about it. Once they sell this home, they would have sold the last home that Kiki lived in. It's hard to know that I will never walk into an area that I can fondly remember Kiki living in. But then I remember that she exists in my memory and my heart, not in a house. My only fear is that I worry as I grow older I will forget how she looks. And then I remember I live in the 21st century and own an iPhone with her photos. It's been hard, but listening to her podcast helps. It's so helpful to know and remember that I'm not alone. Thank you for all that you and Ken do. It really helps the healing process. So again, she's, she's in a different place. And as she's one of the things she said, which, you know, we've said, and we've heard people say many times is that grief comes in waves. It's, sometimes more intense and the the selling of her parents house where kiki lived is one of those it's one of those events that triggers an upsurge in all Mm -hmm. the ways that she describes and uh, one of the things that 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 both of these notes emphasize is just writing it down whether you share it with us or you don't share it with us whether you share it with others who you love and respect. It, or just it, yourself. Or just yourself, just write it down and read it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Very empowering in terms of getting some of it out of you. Out,
1: exactly, on paper. Giving it
0: a new perspective, allowing you to refer to it. And, you know, this idea, of it's very common to have this sense of, will I be able to remember them?
1: Right, and a lot and, of people say that. Yeah. They ask about and that.
0: We We will, you know, even if you don't have... An iPhone with photos, and and that's very that's great that she does. We always hang on to them. We remember them. Oh, of course, we can conjure them. We can remember what it felt like to be in their presence. It's it, it's often in the early part of grief that that gets all messed up. That gets all shuffled, and it's it's hard to hang on to because when we're grieving, we're we're messed up cognitively, and so. But, but also a lot of <laughs>
1: a lot of times people remember the images of death.
0: Yeah, that's right
1: too. So so all of that is 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 first and foremost. Yeah. That's so what true. and what you and I and I tell a lot of a lot of the people that I talk to about this is when you remember in the beginning even, if you remember some of the good times, write them down. Mm-hmm. Have a good memory book. Mm-hmm. 'Cause I remember my tati. My Tashi died in nineteen eighty nine. But I can see her, but I think it's really helpful because you it does it does I don't want to say it just fades a little bit over time. Sure. But you if hold you hold them differently, right? Right. You hold, because they become part of who you are, right? Yes. But if you have little memory books mm-hmm. or and you have the pictures there or mementos, mm-hmm. that helps a little more in the context of remembering right yeah. and so and, and i think that's good because people say i i i I'll, i don't think i'll i'll remember but you will but you can also enhance that by doing doing some writings yeah,
0: yeah. and it, it will the pain gets less over time and the memory becomes more something that you're grateful for as we've said a number of times it's we hold on to it in a way that Changes we hold on to them in a way that changes over time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and I liked what she um she has a lot of, of really good insight, yeah, from, uh, in, in to, in to and into the brief.
0: images that she
1: yeah, that mm-hmm. she describes. um, <laughs> and so and and it would be painful. So, it's another loss to lo- leave, lose her house, right? Yeah, the house, that's she, that's house. house she grew up in, and, right. Yeah. Um so again, like we we're saying, we have loss all the time.
0: Yeah, life changes experience. and we we just step into the new reality and keep mm-hmm. going and we're richer ultimately for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm glad that Rupa wrote back and Deb wrote back. Um, and so that's why we wanted to kind of share this with our audience tonight. So yep. that there is a process. Now for Rupa, I mean, it's only it was only what how many months? It was February this year, so we're into November. Um right. but for Deb, it was over a year. Right. right. Yeah. And then she got, at that point, she was ready to get. Lucy, even though she said, I don't know if I have time, I'm really busy, but how could I not?
0: Well, I mean, just look at her. (laughs) How could she not?
1: So, I mean, you know, wouldn't you love a dog, man, or love a cat, or love any of who you love? Birds, you know, bearded dragons, horses, I mean, you know, rats.
0: I was telling somebody it was a couple I was talking to recently that um, the people who board who I board my dogs with have five dogs of their own. They have a small shelter. It's called the Dog House. If you can <laughs> if you want to support them, they're wonderful people, Mark and Sarah Holmes. But they posted on on Facebook this little picture of uh, a dog, and they said um, a day without dogs is, and then it's dot dot dot. I'm only kidding. We have no idea what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. That
1: was good. I think that
0: we, we can both identify with that.
1: Yes, indeed. Absolutely.
0: <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> we so we want to
0: thank them. Uh, we want to thank Deb and Rupa for sharing with us. And also we want to once again encourage you. I'm glad that I'm remembering this this time. Please subscribe, like this broadcast, this episode and subscribe on YouTube. If you, if you think it's helpful because that'll help other people get access to the program as well.
1: Absolutely. All
0: right. Talk to you next week, Nancy.
1: And it's always lovely.
0: Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Take care.